Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription, trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, Matt, you must be a sucker for punishment, buddy, because uh, this is round two. But but the good news is we've got uh, we got some new juice in the bottle. Uh, it does look like I've sampled. I have not. I, I was a good uh, a good steward, and I'm waiting. I did send Dan some samples so he can drink along with us. But uh, yeah, so everybody, so Matt O'Claire from Clearwater Distilling. Uh, the first distillery in Utah County, Utah, right? That's right, man. Yeah, we're uh, corrupting the county uh, one bottle at a time. <laughs> nice. yeah, so somebody's got to do it. Somebody's right. got to do it. So, uh, so it's been a while since we chatted, and I did see. I think I saw on Instagram you had posted a, a couple of new bottles, and we're uh, we're going to be sampling along as we kind of talk about uh, what's going on at Clearwater. You got a lot of new things, uh, kind of not in the horizon. You got a lot of new things that are currently happening, as I understand. So, business is growing. We're uh, fourteen months in. And uh, we've already got two new expressions out, which I'm really excited to talk about both of them. One of them is, I would say that both of these are pretty unique that, that you probably wouldn't see on the shelf every day. So we'll get into yeah. a little bit about, you know, how, how, why did you decide to go down this route? But before we do, Matt, you want to share maybe uh, for those that, that haven't had a chance to listen to our first chat, you definitely should go back and listen to that. But if you're just catching this for the first time, you want to uh, give us the... Uh, the the Matt O'Claire elevator speech <laughs> or, or the happy sure. hour chat either way uh, the happy hour chat's way better yeah so i mean yeah we're you know just a craft distillery that we we fired up here in utah county utah um of all places everybody likes to raise an eyebrow when we tell them we open a distillery <laughs> in, in utah uh, honestly the only reason is because uh we're just uh, we live here so we figured why not uh, but yeah our, our thing is just to kind of um not uh, necessarily try to make spirits that are just in a particular category but just make stuff that we think is going to taste good and wherever we end up we end up so here we are nice here we are and i just dropped my coin so i'll have to pick that back up uh -oh. so uh why don't you tell us what we're going to be sampling today as we uh, as i'm pouring up here and getting ready to go yeah so it's it's really kind of cool so renee um took way longer uh, than it should have to be a release. We actually originally wanted to get that out, believe it or not, last Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, you know, with COVID and how everything kind of worked out, um, you know, it ended up taking this roundabout way, uh, sitting offshore of Long Beach for three weeks, waiting to get a dock, you know, to everything else to get it going. But yeah, Renee's the, the latest expression in our icon series. Uh, so Josephine and Lawrence, I believe we tasted before with you. Yep. Um, this is the third. And it's funny, the 14 year that's sitting right next to it, which is a light whiskey, uh, which we can talk a little bit about. Uh, is believe it or not the result of what we were going to do with Renee. Really? Um, yeah, it, it came about because of Renee. Because so Renee, what we wanted to do with this spirit is actually blend. Uh, the original idea was basically a cognac and uh, a whiskey. 
uh, an American whiskey. And we found that, you know, the idea of using uh, a cognac and a rye whiskey uh, became really appealing because of the, you know, the sweetness of the cognac where you'd get uh, some candied fruits and some plum and vanilla and, you know, a really rich uh, kind of sweet flavor to then blend with this nice, spicy, peppery American rye. Uh, just seemed like a, a great combination. People do it all the time, like with the pepper jelly and whatever. Sure. And and I've been really a big fan of Armagnac uh, for a while, uh, just mainly because it to me it's any every bit as good as any of the fine cognacs, but just not as well known. So a lot cheaper in the U.S. You know, you can get an incredible twenty or thirty year old bottle of uh, Armagnac for less than a hundred bucks. Uh, anywhere in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, so so it's definitely worthwhile. So we um, started sourcing. We talk, started talking to the guys in France. We found a guy in Bordeaux that we really really like, and uh, told him, "Hey, we want to really put together some really lovely Armagnac to bring over and blend with some stuff." And you know, we're after stuff that's onwards of thirty years old. Uh, and so they have a blender in their company that she's the daughter of their first blender who was there for 50 years. And, uh, he, yeah, unfortunately he passed away, but she has been their blender for the longest time. And of course learned the craft from her dad and she's absolutely brilliant at it. Um, and so that's, what's living inside the, the Renee bottle right now is what she put together of those Armagnacs that we wanted. And we did some back and forth with them, uh, to really kind of dial it in like we'd like it. And then, so, so that story with the 14 year, the way that kind of peeled off is, you know, we wanted to put a little bit of smoothness of some American whiskey in there in addition to the rye. So we were looking at light whiskeys. Um, and maybe actually this is a good time to talk about, have you, do you guys, are, are you into light whiskey? Have you, have yeah. you had much of it? Do you know much about well, it? Dan, it, he saw light whiskey and he's like, great. I found my, uh, I found my diet whiskey. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, 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 Dan, hold on, hold on. That's not exactly, it's not like, uh, you know, having a Coors and a Coors Sold. Light. That, 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 is, that is not in, in no way, shape or form. Uh, you know, I could rattle through it, Matt, but uh, probably better coming from uh, you're, you're the one that elected to bottle it. I just elect to drink it. So you, you wanted to go down the road of a light whiskey. Um, so what, 1960s, it kind of came about from uh, from the bourbon mm-hmm. distillers trying to compete with uh, the, the the true lighter or wider spirits. Right. If, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, what, why don't you give us your uh, your rendition of kind of light whiskey and where it started and, and what kind of directed you down that path? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like you said, uh, mid-century or so, there, you know, there's a big interest in vodka and gin and the light, uh, lighter spirits, the unaged spirits. Uh, so, you know, the the notion of a light whiskey came about, and really, there's only two things or two uh, stipulations that the TTB has for something to get designated as a light whiskey. The first one is that it has to be distilled between 160 and 190 proof, so distilled higher, you know, quite a bit higher than your uh, typical whiskey. Wow. And then to age it, you either have to age it in a uh, uncharred or a used barrel. And that's really it. So, you know, it's, it's not too far off, to be honest. And, yeah, that expression, we, we brought that one in, that 14-year. Uh, we sourced it from uh, MGP, who, you know, is a... a an amazing distillery that and a lot of people if, source. If you're going to talk about rye whiskey and sourcing and MGP isn't uh, a few of the next letters that come out of your mouth, you m- might lose a little interest there, right? So, <laughs> Sure. So, I mean, I th- we can't go wrong. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of MGP. A lot of this, you know, High West Spirits, and yeah. Angels, Envy, Bullet, and those guys all, you know, I love all those spirits as well. So I'm definitely interested. So we brought in some bottles of that. We cracked open the 14. 
uh, and we're you know we're just doing some uh, dilutions and whatnot and some testing uh, to see if we and how much we wanted to use in the Renee. And I about fell right off. The, the, I was standing on a stool, you know, pulling this stuff out of the, and, and I'm and I'm taking and I'm like, what the hell? Oh my god, this is insane. This is so freaking good. Um, and there's no way it would be an absolute crime to blend this. So we just <laughs> dialed in the dilution right to 90 proof and it was just dead on. And I mean, it just came out with like, it just knocks you over with cherries, which is really weird for a whiskey. Right. And then, uh, honey and honey and cherries right off the bat and then the toffee. And, and then of course the wood is there. So, you know, if, if there's ever a case to say how much uh, a wood or a cask influences flavor, wow. then yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of advanced to the to the uh, the 14 year old. I I got some comments about the uh, the ramen yak too. But so mm-hmm. this one, it's uh, and and I love this note. And it is uh, you know a lot of people when you say it and they kind of go like ooh like Panama Jack or you know, and it's like no, but that but that toasted coconut mm-hmm. that that kind of gets that that the barrel kind of puts into this thing. It's yeah. uh, it it's really good. And I'm actually glad that I've did send Dan some samples one. So he didn't yell at me to, because he didn't have anything to drink, but two, I think this is going to be one that as it kind of sits in the glass and kind of takes on some air and starts to open up, I think those rich, uh, those richer characteristics are really going to start to kind of come through. It's that plum. And, and oddly enough, I, so is the 14 year in the Renee? Is that- it is not. No. Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. we decided that just no way um, yeah. we're going to blend that. That stands up by itself so well. Um, like, and I hate to evoke the words, and you know, it's, it seems trite and everything, but you know, honestly, it's it's not a sour match. But I'm, I was thinking, man, this is really happy quality stuff. <laughs> like in my, I'm serious, I, and I yeah. don't use that lightly. Um, but it was just so amazing, you know, sitting there for 14 years. Just did amazing things for it. Yeah, I mean, some people may, you know, read the label as light whiskey, and and depending on, you know, I I didn't get to experience it mid century, um, and and you know, I don't know the the connotation maybe over time, right? I think from a marketing standpoint, probably bourbon labels or brands, however you want to frame that up, have maybe played. They definitely haven't fostered that that light whiskey label, right? And 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 totally a marketing play. But yeah, with this one, I mean, in that fourteen years there, you know, as you mentioned, um, I and just on the nose, you know, it's not that overly. I'm getting some oak on it, but it's not what you can see from some whiskeys that spend a lot of time in the barrel. It's that kind of heavy, overdone, over oaked, and it kind of starts to take over, and you know, it it becomes not as a it not as, as a complex sipper, right? It, it kind of right. gets you, you know, you start to really kind of uh, dilute some of those other notes that you're getting out of this one. But yeah, that, that toasted coconut on this, I, I'm almost getting toasted coconut is surpassing the oak on this one, which yeah, I'm, uh, I say, bring it on. On the nose, it sure does. I agree with you. And I think that's just it, man. It being that it's a used barrel and it wasn't a new barrel, you know, you don't get that just punch in the face of like, oak yeah the oak bomb yeah exactly yeah (laughs) yeah it's kind of funny to me the way this one it i would say that this one almost drinks in reverse to what a lot of other spirits would in the sense that i think on the palate you're right i'm still getting that cherry honey 
um, almost a little marzipan-y kind of uh, on on the palate there. But the finish on this one is total like caramel, butterscotch, kind of custardy, which I would expect that traditionally, I would say that's something that I, at least me personally, I would find that more on the front end rather than the finish. Yeah. But I but I do get a little of that kind of cedary hmm. uh, cigar tobaccoy, not the smoky side of it, but again more of that kind of that that pipe tobacco, that sweet. The leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Really good, man. Yeah, it's yeah, outstanding. Nice job. Yeah. When I tasted it. I was like, it just it had so many different types of things coming at you, though, where it was complex. But then um, the finish was. Uh, it just hit, it, it kind of exploded in everywhere. You know, it was it was great. Yeah, yeah. it's good stuff, yeah. man. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know you said that the Renee didn't have any of that fourteen year in it, but by the time we get done, and my glass is going to have a little bit in it, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to resist that one. So, I, I can't blame you. Yeah. So talk a little about. Uh, I'm going to stick with the whiskey for just a minute, and I'm telling. Yeah. So you've really taken. Uh, you kind of taken a 180 from from where you started in in with spirits, and I'm not talking about quality, taste, etc. No. I'm talking about from an expression standpoint. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, what what we last sampled. I'm gonna you, you can recategorize if you want to, but we were kind of in the liqueur category, and mm-hmm. and now we we've kind of spun off, and now we're we've gone into uh, almost a uh, a barrel finished. Uh, even though it's a blend, but you, you, if you like barrel finishes, uh, the Renee is definitely going to give you that that expression. And you mentioned some of them, right? I mean, High West, Angels mm-hmm. Envy, you know, some, of, and, and there are plenty of other folks are kind of getting into the barrel finish. I guess you took it a step further, and is am I hearing it correct that the Renee, it's a blend of Armagnac and whiskey? That's right. Yeah. Right. What's, and, and is that a secret recipe and you're not going to share that? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm definitely not going to share the proportions, for it. <laughs> but I'll tell you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's in large part, it's, it's Armagnac and it's, uh, it's rye whiskey. Uh, and it's yeah. 95% rye, um, grain bill whiskey. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just in, I'll tell you what, for us to dial in that recipe took, a while like we i think we did no less than somewhere between 50 and 100 different trials uh to really work that one out and that's and you're saying with the trials that's the recipe itself not necessarily the ingredients because you had already selected yeah. uh the spirits that you were going to use right that's right yeah that's after we spent yeah, the yeah. time figuring out which ones we're gonna it, we're gonna load it up with and, and we spent you know we had some iterations on just the armagnac alone hmm. so yeah yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking that Armagnac finished in this 14-year barrel. That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> those those barrels. Honestly, though, after we harvested, man, those things were about ready to fall apart. They were. Just, oh, really? Yeah, they were done for. But and there's bad news on 14, unfortunately. So right now, uh, there is no light whiskey in the country anywhere that's older than 2014. Oh, wow. Really? Can't buy it. Nobody has it. I mean, and if somebody has it, they're not selling it. Um, So really, there's no more of that for another seven years. That's all gone. Wow. Hmm. 
So what I heard Matt just tell me, Dan, was uh, put that damn bottle behind several other bottles because you're not getting any more anytime soon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I did see <laughs> you have some. It looks like you have some on your. Well, no, I don't. I guess you don't have any. I was checking out your site uh, because you can order from shop.clearwaterdistilling.com. It's on the shop site right now. We do have a few bottles that we have available that we made available to order online. There's uh, not a lot left. And then yeah. we are doing, so we've got uh, four more barrels that we're harvesting on Friday. Uh, and that is it. That's all, that's all we got left. Huh. So how did, did I mean, uh, well, I'm not really concerned about the, um, uh, well, I mean, if you want a bottle, you should be concerned about uh, about the, the quantity that's left out there. But how did like what led you down these down these two paths? I mean, how did you know that you were going to go Armagnac uh, and rye? Like what what kind of got you there and why was it? I mean, you, you mentioned Armagnac cheaper than cognac, et, et cetera, and totally agree. I mean, I don't know that there's really any reason to go out and search for cognac. I mean, I guess if you're, you know, if that's really your jam and you really want to go down that road, sure. I mean, I think you're getting the same thing, probably just from a different region. But, but what kind of led you down that path of of the of the Renee? Yeah, so you know, we heard uh, just in doing some research and whatever, you know, folks have that have been, um, you know, just recreationally blending. And of course, there's cocktails with uh, cognac and whiskey uh, out there. So, you know, those people have just kind of put it together and they, they kind of like the results. And, you know, we looked and nobody commercially was doing it. Uh, so, you know, again, that's kind of our thing is um, we're a distillery. So we're going to do everything a distillery can do to make awesome stuff, right? We're all about flavor. So sure. I don't really care um, if it's something that nobody's doing. In fact, I kind of prefer it. Uh, so we tried it, you know, we, we went out and we bought some cognac and we bought some whiskeys, different types and everything, and then blended it just like ourselves at home. And, and we're like, well, I'll be damned, man, that is really good. <laughs> um, and, you know, we came up with some pretty good uh, blends there. But then, yeah, getting into the riot or the cognac and the Armagnac, some of the big differences, like it, the, the cognac is, um, sorry. No, you're good, man. Put that on silent. Um, is really only made by a few larger producers. They're, they're that all was probably that was probably somebody calling uh, for a bottle. <laughs> yeah, right, I think they were. Um, so th there's only a few like really larger producers of cognac, but then the Armagnac is really produced by a lot of smaller folks. Um, so you know more of the folks that have been doing it in their family for generations, and uh, you know, and and there's a little bit we can get into the specifics about the great varietals and everything like that. The, you know, where cognac is really only in Muni Blanc. And then now I think that the Armagnacs are really kind of moving that way anyway. That's you know? um, not exclusively Muni Blanc, but so that, and then when you say cheaper too, I think it's, it's important to point out the fact that it doesn't mean that it's uh, not less, nearly as good. Less expensive is the way I should have mentioned that. Right. Right. And, and that's why I like it because, you know, you can honestly get some of the most amazing stuff, uh, just because the demand's not there. And uh, so here we are. So, and then, yeah, that just seemed to work out. And then we picked uh, these rye whiskeys. We picked a few different rye whiskeys that we really liked. And these aren't young either. These are um, uh, fairly old uh, rye whiskeys. Just, and because the main thing that we wanted to go for on that was smoothness as well. Uh, so, and man, when that 30 year old stuff that came into the warehouse from France and we, you know, threw that in the glass, it was, it was almost magical. I mean, you're looking at the legs coming down the glass and it's just sure. so silky and it was just beautiful. So, so the Armagnac is 30 year. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. 
there's a blend of a few other younger things, but primarily sure, it's sure. a 30 year. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we put that together and then, yeah, out comes this, um, really the, the first iteration of it, it almost was like a pecan pie mm-hmm. and yeah. It yeah. Was so totally, nutty. Yeah. Totally getting that, uh, that, that pecan on the finish. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting some hits of the, uh, of the rye pepper uh, on the finish it, to your point, right. And, and uh, people are like smooth, what do you mean smooth? I mean, like, you don't need to drink it. I'm only drinking water just to kind of rinse. So, you know, yeah. to, to, you know, I'm not drinking because I need something with, it. I mean, these are, uh, these are what I call in the danger zone in that uh, we're supposed to be recording for an hour and you, uh, might not, you, might, you might not understand me for the whole hour. No, but I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, this is like totally I'm, this. The Renee is like, give me a big cube of ice, uh, pour it over it. You know, if you want to throw something in there for a garnish, have at it. Uh, so you, you mentioned pecan, man. If you had like a little like a candy pecan, like a praline, you could uh, mm-hmm. praline and a cherry to throw in there on top of that, man. That is like cocktail in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, Cal, you know what? If you would have opened this last week instead of waiting very professionally to wait and watch that Djokovic match on Sunday, you probably wouldn't even known who won. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> probably right. Oh, it is hard to put that stuff down. And I tell you, man, when you, you pair that with a cigar. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. It's magical. It makes Friday turn into a vacation somehow. Mm. The week just kind of melts away. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess the thing I, I'm kind of the reason I I, I like Armagnacs for sure, mm. and and they're you know I would say that you know if, if you're like a brandy drinker, Armagnac kind of steps it up a level for you, and it gets you into it's it's a whiskey drinker's brandy is is how I would kind of paraphrase right, yeah. at, at least for me. And then now hitting it with that rye just kicks it up another notch for you and, and really gives you a, a, just a, a great drinking experience, man. This, this is awesome. Yeah, uh, what I think is kind of weird about it is that it starts out really as Armagnac almost exclusively. So that sweetness, that smoothness, um, you know, the, the candied fruits and the, and the vanilla, but yeah. then it evolves into that spicy pepperiness towards the end on the finish. Cause you don't get the spicy pepperiness right off the bat. And, and, but I think it's just strange to me because it's, it's well blended. I mean, it's, it's, it's well mixed, but the flavors, uh, from front to back separate. Mm-hmm. I, so it, it mm-hmm. must be, so I don't, maybe it's unique in the style that you guys are, are putting things together because again, I mean, I, I said the same thing about the 14 year, but it, you know, nevertheless, I mean, it's to your point. I mean, what I'm experiencing, I, I'm getting to experience something in reverse order, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It, yeah. Unique, man, for, for sure. Which, uh, you know, that's kind of where you guys are going. So talk to me. I've got my, I got the, I got the lucky copper. Yep. So, and there's three, I think, uh, as I was reading you to so copper, silver, and then a gold. Uh, and it's a coin that's embedded in the top. So when you're, and by the way, the bottling presentation, everything you're doing, uh, you know, I like the fact there's some notes on the back of it. I've got handwritten shit. I'll just show you. We've got, uh, We've got handwritten. I know what batch it is. I know what bottle it is. So you, uh, again, yeah. transparency. And and Matt and I did chat about this and Dan chatted about this before the show. And it's like, hey, what do we want to, you know, how much do you want to get into the sourcing and, and you know, kind of what's going on? I did try to get a recipe out of him. It didn't work. But, hey, it's early. You never know. You never know. <laughs> He's shaking me off again. But, you know, and, and again, and I think that's really something that, 
that consumers today, right? I mean, you can go to the inter- internet, you can kind of start finding out whatever you want to find out to some degree, and or you open yourself up to a lot of speculation by not being transparent. And I think that that's, I think that's the bad part about folks that aren't aren't transparent is, you know, it doesn't take much for something to get out there and and people latch onto it and it takes off and it could be completely wrong and not in any way or remotely accurate, right, to what you're putting in the bottle. And again, I, I think that there's more benefit to being transparent versus uh, you know, holding back and, and I don't pretending is probably not the right way to frame it up, but again, but not with full disclosure. Right. And, and it, you know, you, you, MGP, right. If somebody says they don't like MGP rye, I'm like, eh, <laughs> I'm like eh, we're probably not friends anymore. Not, not that we're not friends, but it's just like, come on, you know, you, you really can't say that. Right. I mean, it, and, yeah. and it's probably not an experienced drinker and, and that's totally fine. It's just, yeah. again, people kind of getting their, getting their little, uh, get, getting their silos and, and they tend to stay there, which, uh, if you're not in the Clearwater silo yet, uh, you, you definitely should be definitely doing some great stuff over there. So, sorry, I was, I sent us off on a tangent. So, so the coins, where'd they come from? What, what's the story? What's, uh, what's happening there? Oh yeah. So the, there's a lot to Renee. Uh, so the story with Renee, so Renee Casson is a, uh, a French guy. He was a world war one soldier and he got shot in the abdomen five times and really just nearly died straight out. And, you know, of course, in that time, medicine wasn't quite as good, but he survived. And so he went home and essentially France at the time didn't really have any sort of VA uh, veterans administration or any kind of care really for veterans that were injured or even killed um, in the war. And so he fought for basically veterans rights in France uh, to say, look, you know, there's, there's widows, there's, uh, there's, there's folks that, you know, come home from war and they can't work and, you know, they need to be taken care of, uh, you know, cause they put their lives on the line for this country. And uh, so he managed to get a lot of legislation passed in France and it was very successful that he was um, super smart, super political, and made it all work. And so then now all of uh, France's uh, veterans are taken care of. And so he kind of moved on from there and eventually uh, went on to work with the United Nations and created the uh, this uh, huge um, doctrine of human rights. And now, it, which is actually in place still today and eventually won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, so, you know, an incredible human being, but, he, but it kind of almost, it goes into this idea of duality, right? So he's a soldier out there, you know, effectively trying to kill people and then eventually wins the Nobel Peace Prize. And then, you know, with, with the whole Renee bottle and the whole Renee product, it just kind of extended that duality, right? So we've got French and American spirits. Um, we've got, uh, also if you, when you took the wax off, you'll notice that the, the ribbon that we put underneath there, uh, pull the wax off is red, white, and blue. So that's the national colors of France. It's also the national colors, of course, of the U S. Um, so that duality, that crossing the ocean there. And so, you know, the idea of a coin is there's two sides to every coin, right? So more of this duality. Uh, so it seemed very appropriate and we wanted to do something, uh, that was a bit collectible you know, for one of our spear lines, and this seemed very appropriate. So if you look really carefully on that coin, you'll see on the on the head side at the top, there's a number one. And so we yeah. minted coins for batch number one. And when we create batch number two, we're gonna mint a whole new set of coins for batch two. 
Oh, nice. So the only way you're going to get a, a batch one coin is to buy a batch one bottle. And so, you know, there's a lot of symbolism on that coin too. So, you know, you've got on the, the Rene side, you've got the laurels of the United Nations that come up around his head. Uh, you've got the, uh, the quote uh, that he has around there, which is, which is a great quote in his signature. And that's really hard to see. I'm sure yeah, on the screen. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're going to post some images and stuff on the, we're actually putting out a new website right now and we'll have a lot more detail on that. And then there's the dove, of course, for the Nobel peace prize. And on the back, uh, we've got, uh, it's really kind of Clearwater focused, but we've got some symbolism there too. That's pretty important to us. Um, if you look to the left of the Clearwater logo, you'll see what looks like an entangled triangle. Yeah. So what that's meant to signify is uh, karma has a symbol called the endless knot or the entangled knot that basically is just this line that keeps continuing around and we believe heavily in karma. And then the, also the shape of the triangle is a delta, uh, which is something that signifies change. And we really feel like uh, there's a lot of things in the world that kind of need to change. Um, and then on the other side of the clear water symbol is a symbol of fire and fire can mean a couple of different things and both are relevant. One is, uh, knowledge or, um, understanding and, and wisdom, but then the other is truth. And we feel that, you know, being, uh, having these, uh, morals and ethics, you know, being truthful with everyone again, you know, full disclosure on the MGP and everything. There's no sure. problem with that. Um, you know, that's, that's what we're about, uh, you know, especially with you know, the charities that we give back to and, and everything else. And then down on the bottom there, we've got the, uh, the mountain, which is just really kind of, you know, we're up here in the mountains and then the, the stars are about uh, the awards we've won. And so, yeah, and I don't even know if you guys know this, but uh, with Lawrence, uh, we've actually won a gold medal at San Francisco oh, and man. a gold medal at, at London. Very cool. Oh, Congrats nice. on that. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so that's what the coin's all about. And, you know, we put a, a lot of thought and in, in care into it because we just, you know, we really do actually have this much thought care around our products. We want everyone to enjoy them as much as we do. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm... Um, I, yeah, I'm a fan, man. I'm, I'm blown away. These uh, these are both two uniquely different expressions, uh, but go. Um, I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, I can this is like this goes with my steak and this is going with my dessert and my cigar. I mean, I could easily, uh, easily make that happen. Maybe the blends for uh, for my appetizer. I don't know. But uh, yeah, good stuff. So so what's happening? Really Matt? Good. What's yeah. What's really going good. on at the distillery? Uh, so uh, I think you mentioned before we jumped on. So we're 14 months in. Uh, we, we've um, we've kind of got uh, we're moving forward from since we last talked. Right. From uh, things kind of opening up. I did see oh, yeah. uh, you've got tours opening up on your website. So hopefully folks are taking advantage of that. Uh, but what's uh, what else is happening new? I mean, COO and founder of the company. Uh, are you still distilling or is, uh, is it time to, uh, it's time to get some help in there? Well, it's definitely time to get help. And we've done that. Uh, we've actually got uh, seven folks working for us now. Uh, and then uh, over the last uh, three months or so, we've actually put in equipment to five X our production capacity. Wow. Um, nice. Yeah. Cause things are, like you said, they're opening up now, you know, COVID seems to be kind of under control. Hopefully it continues that way and gets uh, better and better. 
And, you know, we've opened up for tours and, you know, when we're expanding, you know, what we're doing in California and also what we're expanding, what we're doing online. In fact, we're building, rebuilding our website uh, from the ground up right now and hopefully having that done here in about the next month or so. The whole new e-commerce platform, we're going to be sending stuff out to even more states. Uh, and then also we're going to be implementing a, a text to shop feature as well. Yep. Uh, so that, you know, we can do that. And really what's going on too in the, the distiller or the, the still spirits world is the direct to consumer market is a big focus now for a lot of the lobbies and organizations and everybody in the industry because it's kind of unfair that wine has been able to do this for the longest time and, <laughs> and we haven't yeah uh, right so you know the, and actually there's a piece of legislation now in uh, congress uh, about allowing the u.s postal service to ship spirits which they haven't been able to all along okay. fedex has been able to ups can but not the u.s yeah. postal service um, so it's, you know, just more of that kind of clean up and saying, okay, yeah, we really need to get our heads on our shoulders and, and COVID really kind of, uh, you know, it was very, very tough and it was a dark time, but it really opened a lot of doors uh, for a lot of different industries. And, you know, those doors for us are, you know, the, the direct to consumer kind of thing and, uh, you know, making things a little bit more available and, and less bureaucratic and red well, th yeah i mean think about some of the laws that are in place right i mean hell they were put in place in the 1800s right and, and i mean yeah. not related to e-commerce necessarily but i mean if you think about things that went and then you know fast forward to you know the end of prohibition and and then you still got laws that are happening throughout you know the uh you know mid-century and you know you, you're kind of it's kind of like well okay I, I can understand why that law may have been put in place and why it was relevant at the time but then, you know, you kind of had a lot of businesses that were like, well, if that law goes away, what does that do to me? And I'm talking about ancillary businesses, right? Not the mm -hmm. producer, not the distillers or the blenders or, you know, however you want to classify the folks actually putting something in a bottle. But the ancillary businesses around that, it's like, well, if that goes away, what does that now do to my business model, right? Which isn't yeah. necessarily advantageous to folks like yourself, because there's always going to be that that brick and the, the need for the brick and mortar. I want to walk in, I want to touch it. I want to see it. I want to, and it's, I think, especially with something like spirits, right? I mean, I think that there is that whole, Hey, I want to go into the store. I want to go and see what my options are. Maybe I want to ask some, ask, ask you know, the, the, uh, the personnel working there, like, Hey, what's this, what's that? And hopefully they're educated and they can kind of steer you in a direction. Uh, but you know, the, the other side of that is, well, where do I find this on the shelf? Right. And, and yeah. I think that, you know, that, whole visibility from from the the e-commerce platform a website www.whatever in this case clearwaterdistilling.com but it, it it allows you know us and us to do things like this and and to be able to educate folks and hey it may be time to go experience something new and give it a try and hell who knows you might really like it because yeah. otherwise you may not have uh, you know been like uh, i'm not going to the cognac section because i don't know i don't drink cognac so what, right. why would I why would I go over there kind of thing? You know, so exactly, uh, yeah. So that's good to hear. Yeah. No, and it's and it's a really important thing. I mean, because if you think about it, you know, there's two thousand some odd uh, closing in on three thousand craft distilleries in the country, and you're never going to try all that stuff. I mean, you'd be dead. I think. <laughs> uh, and I and hadn't, it's, hadn't it's, killed me yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of drinking, man. Um, but yeah, no, and not to say that you know that. You shouldn't, but I mean, at the same time, how do you find out what you want? How do you, you know, what you like? You can't go to your local liquor store and see all of that. They're just right. not all there. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, for one thing, you know, the smaller guys starting up, 
you know, to get distribution into every single state and to get where it's worth it. Because, you know, just opening up a state, you need salespeople on the ground. You need a, a pretty good um, war chest of money to kind of to build that up just in just one state. Uh, you know, so getting that ball rolling all the way across, you, you need an army of salespeople and a huge amount of time to really kind of get that kind of exposure across the country, which, you know, is great for the well-established folks. They've been able to do it and they didn't have a lot of competition. Either. Well, and you, and you got to have enough bottles to be able to to uh, to secure your shelf space too, right? I mean that that's the other side of the coin. So yeah, of course, yeah, you got to be producing. I mean, Tito's went from nothing to you know how many millions of cases they're doing now, which is great. It's a wonderful. Story. Well, hell, how hard um, is it but, to make? I mean, like you, you know, you, you distill <laughs> it and put it in the bottle and send it out the door. There, you, you don't got to wait on anything, right? So how how, well, how fast can you get it in the bottle? So yeah, it's all the machinery at that point to figure that out, but. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you've got this army of folks just to get the stuff out there. Right. And then, you know, hopefully getting it sold. But then again, how do you how do folks even know from, OK, now you're on the shelf in this liquor store? You know, do I want to take a risk and buy a sixty dollar bottle of something or a ninety dollar bottle even of something um, without really knowing anything about it? You know, that's that's a pretty tall order. It's a big ask. So, you know, that's why, you know the online stuff that we're going to focus on with the SMS things and our platform and everything is all about education. It has to be sure. And like you're saying, it's just aware, Hey man, have you checked this out? It's, you know, it seems unusual, but it you know happens to be pretty damn good. And, you know, we found some pretty amazing spirits that way too, just as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're up against. You know, that's what the industry is like. And, and from the consumer side, again, it's hard to, to be able to even pick stuff out because you go in the liquor store, you're probably seeing, but less than 10% of what's available in the whole country. Yeah, That's right. Sure. Yeah. 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 So where are you, can you ship nationwide yet or, or close to right now we can ship to 30 States. That's good. Okay. Um, when we open up the new website, uh, we're looking at something closer to 48. Oh, cool. Nice. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Man. And that will we'll go as, as long as we can go on that. And again, working with the legislators to, to make sure that we can do it. And the, the freaky thing about it is it's like every state is like a different country when you're trying to ship into it. There's, mm-hmm. they all have their own different pieces of legislation and licensing and everything that you got to do. It's, it's really kind of a challenge. Yeah. I live in one of those challenging States uh, being Georgia, you know, it's like, I guess the, the moonshiners derailed us years ago, but uh, I, I don't know. It's still got a bad taste in our mouth from that corn liquor. Um, well, actually, they've got a bad taste in their mouth from all that taxes that they didn't collect. So, oh yeah, uh, that, that, that's the old taxes. <laughs> oh man. Hey everybody, this is Michael Thompson, PGA Tour player, 3M Open winner. I just wanted to give a shout out to Birdies and Bourbon for having me on today. Here's a toast to y'all. Uh, yeah, these are, I mean, I, like I said earlier, that the longer these sit out, uh, the, the more complex they get, the more flavors I'm finding. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I'm finding, oddly enough, a lot of similarities in the two between kind of those butterscotch, that cherry. The uh, sweet spot. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. T- totally good. And, it, and then again, it's got just enough pepper on it. That's it's not just a, a total sugar bomb for me that kind of, kind of helps me as um, uh, someone that might drink higher proof stuff. It, it, no. it gets, it gets me there. He knocked it out of the park uh, on these. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, completely thanks, beautiful. So, um, so I'm gonna, uh, so I'm gonna kind of circle back. So you were talking about you've hired some new folks. Yep. Um, anybody in particular that you? I don't want to single anybody out, but is there anybody that's kind of coming into the place that maybe we're taking over certain areas uh, in particular? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, we hired on a, a junior distiller, uh, you know, so that I can spend, uh, not that I want to, but more time up in the office here, um, you know, building the business. But uh, this uh, really sharp guy uh, actually comes from the uh, the brewing industry. Okay. And uh, he has an incredible nose and an incredible palate. So, you know, it's if you're looking for a distiller, that's definitely a, a great uh, set of skill set to start with. Did I um, did I just hear where uh, we may have a malt whiskey coming in our near future? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, okay. We'll see. You know, I'll never say that we won't do something. We'll always try something. Cool. <laughs> um, we are actually, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last show, but we are definitely looking at a gin okay. uh, that, that we're going to play around with. And... Um, we're, we're going to take our time on this one because it's the permutations on the number of tests that we're doing with this one in particular are going to take some time. And it's really for this one, it's going to be all about balance. We want to have one of the most balanced ones out there. So um, we might see it this year, we might not. But, you know, definitely these offerings. Are, and then we also have two more uh, coming online as well. Um, there's There was a recent article, too, about how flavored whiskeys are actually uh, responsible for about 30% of the whiskey market right now. Really? Wow. That's a, that's significant and you can't ignore that. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's plenty of stuff out there that you probably don't want necessarily. And, and I won't single anyone out, but um, you know, there's certainly things I've had that I've been like, ah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're taking a swipe at doing our own flavored whiskey, but we're doing it. And I'd like to think in a more adult fashion, um, we're actually steeping the whiskey in, uh, we've, we've got cinnamon sticks, you know, cause of course we got Lawrence, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, For sure. So we've got some ultra premium cinnamon that we are, have decided to say, okay, well, what can we do with this? And it not really laying in any kind of sugar or sweetener. Uh, in fact, our first tests of it, we did it sans sugar altogether and really thought hard about just selling that because wow. it's really, really good. I mean, the oils that come out of the cinnamon and, and the, the spiciness and the pepperiness and the, and the type of whiskey that we kind of chose was good. It's good. So we're, we're working on that, but we're probably, we're, we're on a little bit of a hold right now because of the fact that um, glass right now is gone. Like, you can't, I mean, I know multiple distillers right now that can't even source their own bottles anymore. Wow. Yeah. It's so bad. Uh, in fact, the, the problem they had, one of the ones that had in particular was the Panama or the Suez Canal blockage oh, yeah, resulted sure. in the raw materials for their bottles couldn't even get to their manufacturers. So, okay. uh, yeah, it, all those knock on effects from just crazy things like that. And then, of course, COVID. Yeah. So, so picking a bottle this, for the, these upcoming, and we're also doing a vodka too, by the way, but picking <laughs> bottles for these, um, is is a challenge because i want to pick a bottle i don't want to change 
I'd want to stick with it. So um, we may have to kind of stick around a little while and hang on until the more of the availability comes back on the, the varieties. That's tough. Yeah, because everything that we've tasted, everything I see, everything's in the um, uh, what do you want a, a rectangular shape bottle, maybe with rounded edges. Is that a fair? Yep. Yeah. Yep. A little beveled kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah, be yeah, beveled edges. Yeah, that's the way I would frame it up. So, uh, yeah, I just, hey, I can't. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking for anything bad to say, but uh, if I was, I, I would have to really search hard and deep, and I'd probably have to make it up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, th this is this is good. I can't believe. So the 14 year, uh, just it when it hit, it just sold out that fast. Yeah, the first batch we threw out there uh, just vaporized. Um, yeah. people, people who gobbled it up. Um, and, and it's a little bit pricey. I mean, it's 130 a bottle, so it's or 135 online, I think. And it's just because there's just so few of it, right? You know, and it, it's just kind of worth it. I mean, folks it is are telling worth us it. That, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's more expensive whiskey out there that people have told us is not as good. So, you know, we're, we're trying to balance that. Well, you mentioned the text and we mentioned a few names. So, you know, not to just to, for, for clarity or transparency, right? I mean, um, uh, the, uh, the whole text to buy whiskey, right? So I, I, uh, the first folks that I saw doing that were, uh, were the folks over at Pinhook. And yeah. yep. So I, I, you know, and, and I guess I follow them on, I don't know if I've, I don't know how they got my information, but I follow them on Instagram, whatever. <laughs> right. So that maybe it was that way, whatever. But anyway, I get a message and it says, Hey, you know, you, you, you're a fan of pin hook text to buy. And I'm like, well, shit, let me, get, I'm going to buy one just to, let's see what this is. Does it work? Is it clean? Is it neat? Is it like, is it all it's cracked up to be? And, you know, I, I guess my, I, I forget the process to verify my information, but it was pretty slick. I, I don't remember it being cumbersome. And uh, a few days later, I get a bottle. So, yeah, I mean, it, it worked really good. So, I mean, for those of you that are listening and, and you heard Matt speak about the, you know, so obviously there's a, a an e-commerce platform uh, on Clearwater Distilling, but, you know, going to look at, you know, text to buy. So, you know, that it's, it's, it's not bogus because we're all getting probably a lot of bogus texts. Uh, these days that, you know, look like they may not be legitimate, but, uh, but the text to buy liquor or whiskey actually works and it was extremely clean. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for you, man. That's, uh, I'll have to make sure you have to make sure you have my information so I can, uh, you know, get, uh, get that back. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to start, you know, putting the forms up on the website too, to collect that. And, you know, of course, make sure everyone's cool with getting text messages and everything. Uh, but in fact, the platform that we're, we're getting up on is the same one that Pinhook's on. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah. exact same service. Very cool. Right. Yeah. Which is, I think good. And so where, and the other thing I wanted to make mention of, you said 130 for the 14 or 130, 140 for the 14. 135, I think. Yeah, 135. So, yeah. you know, Pinhook is doing that whole vertical series, right? Where they started, I think with four year, five year, six year, seven year. And, you know, and he actually mentioned that, you know, and you said, is it, you know, you, you but just, you made a reference to the price point and, you know, his whole MO is it's going to go up $10 a year and that's kind of where he's gauging that it should be so again in looking at the price point if you're looking at it as ten dollars a year eh, it's probably not that way out of whack from uh from other folks so there you go yeah yeah for a 14 right so well yeah go go find another 14 year whiskey and pay 135 <laughs> that's probably why you have very few left sir Mm. Well, so, yeah, I mean, show me show me another 14 year old light whiskey mm -hmm. anywhere well i don't know that i can 
right? <laughs> so, hey, so speaking of, that's a good point. What if I were looking for? If I wanted to compare. It's not, let me, let me rephrase that. If I wanted to go and buy a light whiskey, not 14 year, just a light whiskey, what's on the market today? Not a lot, not a lot. There's, there's a handful. I think there's a couple dozen, but it's, yeah, you got to seek them out. They're not really, I certainly not in Utah. They don't carry that on the shelf. Um, but that's not saying much. Uh, but if you go to like a, you know, like a BevMo or a, a Lees or a Total, yeah. I mean, you might be able to find or stumble across one. But I think you really have to. Well, High West, some, maybe, maybe you can find not it. anymore. Why is that? So yeah. I bet your ass it's more than one hundred and thirty-five dollars. So. <laughs> well, yeah, and they actually High West did carry a, and this was, I think, man, I think this was back in two thousand ten. They had a fourteen year, uh, and they only sold it locally here in Utah. Um. So they didn't even send it out and they don't do it anymore because they can't get it either. Mm. <laughs> the thing is, this is crazy good. I could just keep, uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, as we, you know, and I usually, you know, I, I go back and do look and see, you know, I, I try to figure out what we talked about before and all that. And I'm like, yeah, this is so different. I, I'm not even going to do it that. It is very different. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, I, I usually, as we're kind of talking through some things, I'm thinking about, well, what would I mix this to? If I were going to make a cocktail, what would I, and I'm like going, man, I don't know. Like, I think I would take that. Maybe, maybe I, I would just, um, I could shake it, pour it in a coop uh put um put some bitters on top of it maybe maybe a branded cherry and then that's a manhattan just already like it it doesn't really need it. both of these you, things are extremely uh, you actually it, just described exactly what i had last night um right. and, <laughs> yeah, and i know I mean, it it's a crime you know it's like do dare put a 14 year old anything in a manhattan um, and mm. I, I just said i'm just you know i, I got a distillery i'm gonna splurge um <laughs> Now you're bragging again, Matt. Yeah, I know. So what? Um, <laughs> so what? <laughs> also, a few bitters in there. Yeah, just to, just kind of wave the vermouth near the glass. Um, you know, the 14 in there and some Luxardos, man. And it was just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I bet it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those. It's like, uh, I can't wait to get done with this one so I can have another one kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it goes down pretty fast. Yeah, so... Um, let me think of what else I want to, I want to ask you about these two. I don't, what did I miss on these two? Did I miss anything that, uh, that anything in the experience of, of sourcing, you talked a little about the sourcing side and you found some folks, but were there, uh, you tell, uh, there, there's a really cool story on your website, by the way, about, you know, you, where you, where, how you found the 14 year, but the Armagnac, how many did you go through, uh, before you kind of singled out one for the Renee? So that one wasn't nearly as bad. I think, you know, we went through probably less than half a dozen uh, back and forth. But the problem is that they're over in Bordeaux, France, and we're here, right? So getting it back and forth was a, a fun challenge, you know, dealing with customs and during COVID and the rest. Um, but the cool thing was, you know, that working with them was such a pleasure because you can give them such specifics. You can say, okay, I really love you know, this point, I really love the fact that it's smooth here. And I really love this note. Uh, we'd like to take this particular component out or, you know, fade it back a little bit and then, you know, bring in more of like the plum and the vanilla and, and that, and, and even just general terms that you could give them, like, you know, we'd like it a little bit richer in that respect. And they, they were able to just, 
dial it in so quickly that we didn't have to really do a, a ton of iterations with that. So it was really kind of a pleasure uh, working with them. And, and in fact, we have a trip planned uh, in January to go visit. Oh, <laughs> so cool. Oh, fun. We'll get to personally thank them. And then we're actually going to go uh, touring uh, different Armagnac distilleries and whatnot at the same time. Um, Very cool. So that was really cool. Yeah. Look at, looking for uh, maybe the next venture? Uh, maybe. Actually, you know, that's in the long-term plan, believe it or not, is actually to put a distillery up in Europe. Yeah. Um, nice. So that's, that's not going to be out of the question by any means. And then also part of the little bit of fun is uh, we've got uh, ideas of going to Hawaii. Mm. Because uh, we're really having a lot of fun distilling the fruit, and there are some crazy good uh, exotic fruits in Hawaii that don't transport well as fruit. Hmm. So it's really kind of best if you're going to distill it or ferment it uh, to do it there. Hmm. So uh, I think we're going to spend a decent amount of time playing with uh, all the exotic fruits in Hawaii at some point. That's cool too. Wow! But it sounds like you got a shitty uh, next twelve months coming up. You're, you're going to you're going Sucks. to Bordeaux. Uh, you, so you're going to France. You're going to go to Hawaii. Mm. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Well, the, the spending more time in the office thing. That's probably. I don't know, <laughs> may, maybe we'll be talking more, Matt. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I served my time. I did 25 years in software, man. I'm, with that crap. I'm just hell with it. I want something mm. fun to do. Mm. So, so I just did a little blend here. I had some oh, left in the, in the glass of each and you know, what's crazy. I, I wouldn't have thought this would have happened and I don't know why it did. And it, it's a good thing for me, but I'm actually getting a little more, uh, a little more grape note out of the blend than I did as just the standalone Renee. I'm, uh, I'm mixing it with the 14. I don't know what's kind of that pushing crazy? that around there, but uh, well, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely nuts. That's what I love about this. This work is like this, this the most surprising things happen. You know, I mean, where does pecan come from? Where does, you know, pecan pie come from? Where does this toasted coconut? Cause none of that's yeah. involved with what's going on here. No. It's, but it's all these really interesting uh, esters and, and flavors that come together. And even the water that you use to do the dilution makes a huge difference. Sure. Uh, you know, the minerals that we have in the water, you know, like right here in Utah, that's what we're using in those bottles is we're using basically Utah aquifer stuff out of, right out of the Wasatch mountains right here. Um, and there's distilleries that will exclusively use reverse osmosis water. And, you know, there's reasons for that because, you know, the mineralization can, give you some sediment problems and whatever in the bottle. It's not going to hurt you, but it's just, you know, people don't like floaties. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> but to me, I mean, those minerals, the way that they chemically bond with what's going on in the alcohols uh, just make their own flavor esters. And it, it's so you can't predict it. I mean, I suppose you could probably sit there with a machine and eventually just kind of compute all of the, the biochemistry and, and maybe get close, but it, but it's so cool to just say, okay, we're going to try this with mineral water. We're going to try this with, um, you know, even distilled water versus RO water. And it's a little bit different, right. but, um, yeah. So mixing something together, like those two together, you're just going to get chemical compounds that you just, it might surprise you and grapes, you know, that come out of more whiskey. That doesn't seem plausible, but yeah, it's there. Perfect. Yeah. I'm thinking, um, thinking I'm going to get a little pint glass and do a uh, pint bottle. <laughs> and I may, I may let that sit for a minute and mm, um, yeah. see how those are. You may, you may have another blend coming up. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll try anything. 
so what's uh, so you said you, you think you, well, if you're going to make gin, of course, you're going to make a vodka. I mean, that, that that's a given. Right. I mean, there's no reason not to. I mean, that just uh, you know, people are going to drink vodka, whether you want them to or not. So right. at the, you know, if they want it, if you want it, give it to them. What's um, what's your location looking like these days? We mentioned earlier that you were given tours and that kind of thing. Is there uh, we haven't been to your uh, to your location yet. We, we will get there eventually. Um, I still got to come out and visit my cousin again now that things are kind of cooled down and it may, we may be there in the wintertime. I'll make sure you're there. You're not, uh, off gallivanting the world and, uh, having a better time than I am. But, uh, so what's the facility is, are we just touring the distillery? Are we eating there? Are we drinking there and cocktail? Like what's, what's the setup looking like? Yeah, right now, you know, we, we're not set up for a restaurant or a bar quite yet. Um, we are looking into uh, kind of a similar thing, uh, to have like a, a bar setting, I'd rather have that. Uh, and Utah's got a funky uh, system of permits uh, that uh, we kind of have to navigate through to see if we can make that happen. Not to mention that we have to have local consent, and you know we're already on a first name basis with the city council. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a good first name basis, or I've seen you here too much first name basis? <laughs> Don't answer um, that. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. No, they're great. They're they're awesome. Uh, you know, they've basically given us unanimous yeses for pretty much everything. Cool. They just, you know, they've got some things they got to worry about. You know, there's folks here that just don't, uh, they don't drink and they don't really understand the culture. So, you know, they assume the worst in a lot of cases. So it's just yeah, kind of sure. doing that. But yeah, for right now, I mean, no, we've got uh, a bunch of an incredible amount of stainless steel and copper. So, you know, we're all our distilling equipment. We've actually got three, four stills in the building. Um, you know, we've, we've got a, a semblance of a rack house that eventually I want to move to Mendocino, California. Um, I want our permanent rack house to be out there because I want to pick up the ocean air. Cool. Uh, that sounds really cool. Um, man. Very, yeah. Uh, I, and what's funny is, you know, the climate in most of the brandy regions in Europe actually have a very similar client for climate to Northern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to be off the ocean there. So there's that. So we got some of that here, but then, yeah, I mean, uh, lots of equipment, lots of gear that we, you know, especially now that we put in a bunch of new gear to, uh, to five X our production capacities. So we're, yeah. And now there's a bunch of people all over the place nice yeah, like, yeah good good stuff cool, that's really cool yeah i mean our tasting room is uh actually we're we're just finishing that out now because we we kind of punted on that with covid of course because we weren't going to really open up to anything yeah. so now that things are open back up we've got that room kind of torn apart but it's going to come built back up as all uh late victorian uh so we're going to have like this uh embossed wallpaper wayne's coating with chair rail and the um beautiful crown molding and a metallic ceiling and uh you know nice super comfortable victorian furniture and uh and then yeah then our whole uh retail and, and visitor center is um, outside of that so i know i'm i'm thinking about some uh some jazz maybe a little bit of blues in the background oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I can see holiday it. i, I can yep. see it happening yeah for sure <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, this is, um, yeah, you've, uh, you've kind of overwhelmed me here, man. I was, uh, I was expecting good. Uh, I think you've gone to great. You, you've taken my, uh, affinity for barrel finishes to a different level. This is not barrel finish, by the way, this is, uh, the, the Renee is a blend. So I know I've said barrel finished a few times, but yeah, you, you've kind of really taken it to the next level. I I'm looking forward to, 
Where it's he goes from here? It's like, where do you go from here? I mean, I set the bar <laughs> even higher. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think this, uh, I think it only gets better. So yeah, that's really good I stuff. hope, uh, I hope you stick with Thank this you. Renee and I, I hope you, uh, I, I don't know who's next. Who's going to be next on the label. Yeah. Renee's a perennial for sure. That one's sticking around. I wish I could say that for the 14, but you know, for the gin, um, I, I've leaked this name a little bit. I, I'm not sure we're 95% there on but i think we want to use john muir on the gym okay. yeah really uh, yeah great naturalist um yeah. uh yeah really cool guy a lot, a lot of interesting history for him uh and it's what really kind of the reason it fits is because this gin i've been also calling it an arboreal gin yeah, there you go. it's focused on a lot of trees uh you know with the uh, citrus and you know things like that and we're actually going to finish it off into some, uh, we're going to not in casks, but with us resting it like our Josephine, uh, with some different types of woods just for flavor, um, to balance that out. So we're, we're playing. It's fun. It's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. It sounds really fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, the naturalist, uh, I guess he was an arborist in some kind of way. I mean, he, uh, yeah. there, there's definitely plenty of trails you can go, you can walk up, up and down the, uh, West Coast uh, with that guy's name plastered all over it. So. Yeah, you can't go anywhere out west without seeing his name somewhere. <laughs> for sure, no, that's cool. Uh, and yeah, the you know look for the as soon as we can get the bottle situation under control, we'll have the uh, the cinnamon whiskey. Uh, we're going to bring that to market, and then uh, our vodka, which uh, we're calling Imperial Scepter. Ooh, ooh, nice. I just heard a play on words there with, uh, I won't mention the other name of the, uh, but yeah, I, I see what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be nice, <laughs> man. Stuff. Yeah. I can't wait for you guys to try it, man. And be really super cool for you to come out. I'd love to show you the place. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, that's what we have to get lined up. I've got, uh, I got to come out twice. I got to go out to play golf and I got to go out to ski. So, uh, you may, you may get a double dose of this. So. Oh, boy. You know, at certain times of the year, you can do both on the same day. Uh, you know, oddly, <laughs> oddly enough, I've actually done it. I've, I've actually been up on the mountain and skied and, uh, came back down and golf in the afternoon. So yeah. Yeah. yeah Utah is a beautiful place, man. You, uh, I, I understand why you, uh, why you said, eh, here's where we live and here's why we're going to open it here because it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's, yeah, it's one of those places when you go there, it's like, I don't know why I would ever go to you if you've never been right. It's like, I don't know why I would ever go to Utah. And once you leave, you're like, wow, that's a place I could actually move to. Cause you know, it, it kind of, it, it could have that negative perception of, you know, Oh, Utah, you know, restrictions and all this stuff. And, and, and it, you know, maybe, maybe there is, or isn't, I don't know. I haven't lived there, but uh, anytime I've been there, I've, I've always had a good time and uh, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to getting out and uh, visiting, visiting the folks at Clearwater distilling and mm-hmm. uh, you know, drink, drinking on premise, man, cracking, let's crack open a, uh, a keg and let's, uh, let's drink from the barrel. <laughs> yeah, oh go. boy. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got a way to do that. So <laughs> don't come. <tell> me. <laughs> we know a guy. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, Matt, thanks so much. What uh, Before we jump off, uh, thanks so much again for coming on. Thanks for sharing with us. Uh, if you haven't, 
uh, tried Clearwater, and uh, like that, you know, there's nothing that I've had yet that I wouldn't uh, wouldn't drink again and continue to drink. So, but Matt, real quick, uh, not real quick, but uh, how can people find you? How should they find you? And then we'll have to do an update. We'll get on maybe for a, a quick one, uh, you know, a few uh, in a month or so, and we'll we'll re uh, re update. So. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if you're out in Utah, I mean, there's great reasons to come out here. I mean, we got five national parks, uh, plenty of skiing, plenty of uh, golf, that's for sure. Uh, and even, you know, for Sundance and a lot of different cool film festivals, definitely swing by uh, Utah County and uh, look us up, clearwaterdistilling.com or, you know, we're right there on Google too. Uh, and come take a tour. You get to try everything. Uh, we don't uh, withhold any of the spirits for tasting. We'll, we'll let you try whatever you like. And, uh, and then if you are you don't have a chance to get to Utah, shop.clearwaterdistilling.com. Uh, right now, you can get uh, the Renee. We're working on getting that up uh, on the site. Uh, the, the whiskey, we do have a few bottles left online that you can buy. So, you know, this is really kind of it. Once uh, we sell this out, it's gone. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, soon we're going to be probably in the next two months. We'll get the uh, the text to order uh, stuff online. And then we'll also get the new e-commerce site as well. It'll still be the same address. It'll shop that Clearwater. Uh, but, yeah. Check us out there and, and grab some bottles, man. It's uh, yeah, I don't think you'll regret it. Not at all. Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you buy them and you don't like it, you don't put anything in it, uh, send it to me and I'll take it. And I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you back. So fair enough. There you go. Cheers, man. Matt Cheers. Claire, it's been a pleasure, sir. Uh, Looking likewise. forward to doing it again, man. Cheers. Cheers. Absolutely.